are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked On Eagles, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, Louis DiBiase, joining you on the post game show. The Eagles take it in a dominating win. 30-13 to at Mile High Stadium against the Denver Broncos to go to 4-6 and six on the season. Guys, we thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday. We are available, all shows posted on all podcast platforms throughout the week and on YouTube as well and on Twitter at Lockdown Birds at DiBiase, L-O-E. My co-host, Gino Camilleri, he was at the game. He has the day off today, enjoying it from the fan perspective. You can follow him on Twitter, though, for all game action at GC24 underscore football. Again, the Eagles destroyed the Denver Broncos in their own building. This was an absolute beatdown, 30-13. to The Eagles improved to 4-6. and On the season, we're going to get into everything from what I thought was the Eagles' best game of the season. Their most complete win on both sides of the football. Their best win, I think, against the most quality opponent when it comes to their wins, right? The Atlanta Falcons week one, the Carolina Panthers, they're five and five. Maybe it's the Panthers. Maybe it's the uh, the Detroit Lions win was just a total beatdown. But again, the Lions are 0-8 and 1. So I think this is the most impressive win. And it's right there with the Falcons game as the most complete win. The offense was balanced. It was efficient. It was explosive. The defense was aggressive. It was opportunistic. It was resilient, especially in the red zone. Look, before we get into it, we're going to get into everything about the offense. You know, Jalen Hurts, to me, I was most impressed with Hurts in this game than I've ever been throughout a year and a half now. I thought Nick Sirianni was great. We all know how good Devontae Smith looked in this football game. Um, We're going to get into the defense as well. I loved the game plan from Jonathan Gannon. I loved how that unit played as a whole. There was a lot to love about this football game. But before we, again, get into the nitty-gritty about the win against the Broncos, look, I want to talk playoffs. I know they're 4-6, and and... The playoffs wouldn't mean much when it comes to where they are as a championship contender. We know the reason, one of the big reasons the Eagles are in the playoffs right now is that seven seed in the NFC is wide open with a bunch of teams right there with the Eagles that have around the same record. Right now would be the Carolina Panthers at five and five. There's a bunch of teams at four and five, four and six, you know, three and seven within a game or two of that final spot. I shouldn't even say the final spot, but the sixth seed as well, which the 5-4 and four New Orleans Saints hold, and they come to town to Philadelphia next weekend. So I know, you know, being in the playoffs, some of it's a product of the conference they're in and, you know, how it's just jumbled at the bottom with a lot of, you know, okay teams, and I feel like that's what the Eagles are right now. Look, they still need a ton of work to get back to where they were as, like, top contenders, like, real Super Bowl contenders. That is isn't going to happen to me this year. You're going to need drafts. You need to improve still the defense. All the problems we talked about throughout the year doesn't just go away with one dominating win. But what this win does show is that in the current season, 2021, in the current playoff race, they look as playoff bound as ever. Over the last three weeks, 
This football team looks better than the Minnesota Vikings have or the Carolina Panthers or the New Orleans Saints or the Seattle Seahawks. Like you look at those other teams in the race, the Atlanta Falcons, I don't know. The Eagles are only a game out of the playoffs right now. In the last three weeks, they've been playing their best football against Detroit, against the Los Angeles Chargers, and now against Denver. They're stringing along back-to-back-to-back really impressive performances that makes you think, especially with the schedule, where the Denver game was basically your last long road trip. Now you're just going on buses to D.C. and to New Jersey to play the Jets and the Giants, and most of your other games are at home, and they're within the division. All of that makes you think... This team, especially considering they're only a game out of the playoffs, this team could be playoff bound. The way they play football, the way they battle, um, you know, that to me makes you think about the playoffs. Just like look at how this team is built. They have a lot of characteristics that make you think they can compete. You know, that, that win against the Broncos put them to four and two on the road. So they battle each and every week for each other. They're better on the road, which is you know normally not the case. Teams are better at home, especially the Eagles have one of the best home field advantages in the league. They haven't won a game at the link yet, but they had their two games over 500 on the road, so that has the makings of a playoff team. Again, like I said, they battle for each other each and every week, even when it was at their lowest points. You know those games against uh, Kansas City and Tampa Bay and and the Raiders, where games were just getting out of hand and they were losing to these top quarterbacks, and you could just feel like the Eagles were so far off compared to those teams and those players they still got up and fought for each other every week and also they adjusted to what they do best like they've changed their identities mid-season there's so many teams that are too stubborn to do that and so all of these things again especially with the fact that they're only a game back from Carolina at five and five and the Falcons lost on Sunday the Saints lost you play the Saints next week the Vikings lost the Seahawks lost Pretty much every team you're fighting for those two spots, you know, down the stretch in the wild card lost yesterday. You're only a game out. If you beat New Orleans next week, you have wins against the Saints, the Falcons, the Panthers. So you have tiebreakers against all those teams and head-to-head matchups. Guys, like, it's crazy to consider that this team could actually make the playoffs based on the way our emotions have been so up and down this year. But it is very much a real possibility in the way this team is made up. Like, their backbone, their DNA. It's not right now a championship team when it comes to the personnel, but their mindset is championship caliber. Their their mindset and their preparation. And there's a lot of characteristics of this team that makes them good that you could see eventually with the right players. Um, you know, with this continuing to grow year two, year three of Nick Sirianni and maybe of Jalen Hurts, that there is a high ceiling for this football team. If, of course, Howie Roseman doesn't, you know, mess it up with these draft picks and the, you know, cap space they have this offseason. But this game against Denver, to me, wasn't a fluke. And this is what the Eagles have been doing for a month now. They've been playing really good football. And considering their schedule and the current setup of the NFC playoff race, it's time to start thinking playoffs. And I want to get into the nitty-gritty now, though, coming up next. I want to dive into, you know, how this team won that game 30-13 to and just how dominant they looked 
on both sides of the ball. That's coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. This is Locked On Eagles. It's the post-game show. The Eagles have improved to 4-6 and six on the season with a dominating, impactful 30-13 win in Mile High against the Denver Broncos. Eagles fans traveled well to this game. The atmosphere was incredible. My co-host, Gino Camilleri, he was at the game. You can find his thoughts on the game on Twitter at GC. 24 underscore football. It was just a great overall day. I mean, it felt good to feel good about this team again, right? It feels good to now, for three weeks in a, in a row, not want to lose your ever-loving mind because of the state of where this team is at right now. And I was in Philadelphia all week. I absolutely loved getting you to go to the game like atmosphere at Xfinity Live. I had never been there before, and that was pretty much like a, it felt like a home game at a sports bar. I mean, it was incredible. I loved being with my Eagles family. It was just overall a great day, and guys enjoy it. Like again, this doesn't mean suddenly they're a title contender. This doesn't mean already that Jalen Hurts is now the quarterback and Howie Roseman's the greatest GM ever. Like, make sure you be careful with wins and how, yes, there can be a lot of positives in a win, but that doesn't mean everything suddenly becomes a positive and that all the negative issues with the team and the things they need to fix um, suddenly go out the window. Like, that's what I was trying to say after the win against the Detroit Lions. I'm like, yeah, guys, like, it was a great win, and a lot of it had to do with certain positives that I loved. And I talked about Nick Sirianni adjusting and the domination of the offensive line and Jonathan Gannon's adjustments, having the defense play more aggressive. But that doesn't throw out the facts of Jalen Hurts and how he was playing quarterback and how they were limiting him as a passer, considering his high volume in the past, what that means. Like, you know, again, use context with everything and you still have to properly analyze the game and there's still going to be things to work on. At four and six, this team is not perfect, but, you know, throwing that out the window right now, um, just to say it feels good to feel good about a lot of things about this football team. Because again, even with that Lions game, like you felt really good about one or two things, but you know, the run game and like I said, the coaches' adjustments. But, you know, even after that game, it's like, yeah, it's a win. But it was because of those few things. There's still a lot to work on. It's against the worst team in football. This game, though, against the Denver Broncos, like that's a quality opponent that you smacked in their building. Like the Denver Broncos, I know they're only 5-5, five and five, and Teddy Bridgewater right now is kind of like Jalen Hurts where they see him as a quarterback you can win with but not because of. However, at the same time, like they were coming off their best win of the season. They marched into Dallas, who the Cowboys right now are 8-2 and two on the year, and the Broncos destroyed that football team last week. So this wasn't a pushover. The Eagles just handled like they did the Detroit Lions. The Broncos are a, you know, they're not the 3-0 and team that started the season. They played a lot of bad opponents, and, you know, they leveled off, and they're kind of a, a mid-tier football team. 
But there's a lot of talent on both sides of the ball that you limited. And again, it was you caught them probably at the worst time based on how they looked the week before against an actual top-tier team in the Dallas Cowboys, as much as I hate to say that, um, that really is the case. So I thought it was a win that you definitely can feel good about. And on the offensive side of the football, you know, unlike that Lions win, you can feel really good about the way Jalen Hurts looked. Again, it's only one game, and you got to take things game by game. He has a lot of work still to go to convince this football team not to go for a quarterback in the 2022 offseason. But I thought Jalen Hurts impressed me more on Sunday than any other game. That version of Jalen Hurts is worth giving more time to see if he can be the guy. That version of Jalen Hurts can be a franchise quarterback. And he only had three passing attempts in the second half, so you know it doesn't feel like a totally dominant performance from Jalen. He had that really bad interception. He's got to be careful with that. He was trying to hit that honey hole you know, in between the, the high safety and the corner that was pressing at the line of scrimmage. And look, if, look, that's an aggressive play. I saw Malik Willis make that same play, uh, try to, against Ole Miss last week, and it got intercepted just like it did for Jalen Hurts. You're a young player, you know, when you're slower when it comes to progressions, you know, sometimes that's going to kill you, especially if you don't have an elite top-tier arm, and Jalen Hurts doesn't. So, again, there were things to work on, but that version of Hurts was so impressive in the first half. I mean, you look at the accuracy on those deep throws, the touchdown to Devontae Smith, the dropped touchdown to Quez Watkins. I am so upset that Watkins did not make that grab because that was one of Hurts' best throws I've ever seen in college or in the pros. I mean, the accuracy was there. The one play where he's rolling to his right early in that first quarter, he's got a blitzer in his face. He gets hit, lofts the ball up to Dallas Goddard along the sidelines. Like, that was such a nice play. And it wasn't just the accuracy. Like, the thing I was most impressed with was the pocket presence. And that's the biggest thing that I've been concerned about with Hertz all year long is like bailing in the pocket too early. You know, when you're in the pocket, not seeing your reads fast enough or not seeing them at all and you're late or it's because you're undersized or you're just, you're just not seeing the field well. You're dropping your eyes because you're trying to run too fast and you're not targeting the middle of the field because of these issues and because you don't have the strongest arm in the world. That didn't really impact Hurts in a negative way though on Sunday. It was all positive in the pocket against Denver. And Denver, look, they have a good secondary. Like, yeah, we like to mess with Ronald Darby, but Darby's having a good year. They have Kendall Fuller, or is it Kyle? It's Kyle Fuller. I always get the Fullers mixed up. It's Kyle Fuller and Patrick Sertain, um, one of the best rookies in the NFL so far this year. Like, that's a good secondary that Hurts picked apart in the first half. Like, that one play like, the one play was exactly what I want to see more of. It was beautiful. And if Hertz can do that more, he's going to be the guy where he climbs the ladder, right? He climbs up the pocket. Instead of bailing to the outside, backing up, rolling to the right, Hertz stepped up, kept both hands on the football, noticed the pressure was coming from the outside. His offensive line did a great job of keeping them outside and creating a cushion for him inside to step up into. And he stepped up into it, rolled to his left, right, that little shuffle, you see footwork uh, drills all the time in the offseason that are so focused on that exact play. And then he keeps his eyes downfield, sees Goddard coming across the middle, delivers a strike with anticipation and accuracy. Like, I just did the chef's kiss, uh, chef's kiss symbol describing that play. It was perfect. And, and that is what you want to see more of. And he was standing in the pocket facing pressure 
and that was so impressive. I think the one play he made uh, down the field to Jalen Rager, where he had a blitzer right in his face, drills Hurts, he stands right in there as he's getting hit, delivers a throw for the first down along the left sidelines. As a passer, that was the best I've seen Jalen Hurts. And he's stringing along some performances now that makes you want to eventually maybe give him more of a workload now. Like, I know this team is going to be built on for the rest of the year. Their DNA is going to be running the football with Miles Sanders when he comes back and Boston Scott and Jordan Howard. Those guys are running so well right now. And the offensive line is clicking on all cylinders. They looked so good again against the Broncos. And Jalen Hurts himself is a top-tier mobile quarterback. His mobility is crushing teams. On third down especially, he has the second most rushing yards on third down for a quarterback this year, only behind Josh Allen. Like these third and fives, he's getting six yards every time. Like a defense can't stop him. And that's going to kill defenses, their confidence, their resiliency. And that's going to be their backbone um, to win football games moving forward for the rest of the year. But at the same time, A lot of the other reasons that you're now a running football team is because when the Eagles tried to be a high-volume passing team this year, Jalen Hurts couldn't really be a passer within the pocket in high volume with high efficiency. But when you look at the steps he's taken against the Chargers and against the Broncos, his clock seems, his mental clock seems a lot faster. His anticipation, accuracy, pocket presence. These are all things that are improving over the last two weeks. And while it's a gradual improvement, it's not this huge jump, it is a step by step positive progression for the first time all year. And that might make you think to start improving that uh, workload, or I should say increasing that passing workload, or at least to the point where if you need to throw the football to win these games, and you're going to have to eventually, you can start to feel more confident in that. I want to see these performances, again, go back to back, now to to back to back in a playoff run. Like That's when you want to see your quarterback play his best football when it matters most, like, you know, i.e. Carson Wentz in 2019, Nick Foles in 2017 and 2018. You want to see him now string those performances along. But he has done it now two weeks in a row against two good defenses with the Chargers and the Broncos. And it's funny, I said for Jalen Hurts to be the guy in 2022, he has to be better than good, right? He's got to be great considering the Eagles' assets. They have three first-round picks they can use on a prospect in the draft, on a veteran like you know Russell Wilson, they can try for at least, Deshaun Watson. And I still feel like that's likely. And right now, I would still say the Eagles want another quarterback next year. But right now, they don't have a top three pick with that Miami pick or their own pick or the Colts pick. So if they don't have a top three pick at the end of the year, right, and Russell Wilson doesn't want to come to Philadelphia, neither does Aaron Rodgers, and neither does Deshaun Watson, I don't know. I think that... A lot of people, I'm not sure I would personally, but I think a lot of people will probably want to give Hurts a chance again over going for that QB3 in the draft, right? Which could be somebody like Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati or Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, who Howie Roseman went to go watch this past Saturday. I love the upside of a Desmond Ritter, and I would probably right now still prefer that kind of prospect with that kind of arm talent over Jalen. But if he continues to progress the way he is right now, and the Eagles are not in a position to land one of those top veterans or you know Malik Willis or Matt Corral, I think Hertz will probably get another year in 2022 to show he's the guy, especially if this team makes a playoff run. 
So it's going to be super interesting to keep an eye on this and you know see if at the end of the second half of the season, if Hertz can win this football, uh, these football games, get into the playoffs and win this job. Um, again, before we take a break, I want to go back to something else with the offense. Can we talk about Devontae Smith? Only four for 66 on the day, four receptions, 66 yards, but he had two touchdowns. And talk about a guy that's stringing along some dominant performances. It's Devontae Smith. I mean, last week against the Chargers was his best game of the year. But I don't know, like, if this game was closer and they had to throw the football more, Devontae Smith's going to go for more than four catches for 66 yards and two touchdowns. I think this was the best Devontae Smith has looked with his route running, creating separation over the middle, along the sidelines, and reduced splits in the slot on the outside. Guys, they finally have a wide receiver one. Like, that is a wide receiver one. We finally don't have to watch C.D. Lamb and D.K. Metcalf and Justin Jefferson and lose our minds because Devontae Smith is that guy. I mean, that first touchdown, holy cow. Going up and getting that ball, like people say all the time, like there was concerns about Devontae coming out of college that he was too skinny for the big leagues, right? He was too small. But people neglected the fact that while he's only, you know, 160 pounds in water, He's one of the longest, lengthiest receivers that you can find. And that's going to help him win those one-on-one battles where, you know, you just, you're not going to be able to get, when he's full extension, he can beat you there to the football. And he doesn't get moved off the ball that easy. Like you look at that game against the Chargers last week, there was that third down conversion in the second half where two guys hit Devontae over the middle while he's going down for the football and he didn't move off his spot. And he's the one that beat those guys coming back to the ball and moved the chains. You look at that catch in the right corner of the end zone against the Broncos, like he is draped all over that cornerback getting hit and he's on the tight side of the the end zone. And he has no room for error, and he goes up and snags that football. Like, he can win those battles. He is the do-it-all receiver this team has been craving for going on a decade now. And he, just like Jalen Hurts, is stringing along some incredible performances. Everybody is right now. This offense is on fire. The offensive line, the running backs. I mean, the run game, like I said, is their identity. Running through that interior yesterday, Landon Dickerson continues to clean up. He looks like a really good pick. I mean, these two picks, Howie Roseman made in 2021, Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson, look like core pieces for a long time early on in their careers on the offensive side of the football. Um, I mean, Boston Scott looks great. Jordan Howard looks great. This offensive line, this running back group, this receiver group, this quarterback, they're on fire right now. And you know who else is on fire? Their play caller. Like Nick Sirianni, hats off for having this unit play the way they are right now. He got some flack early on in this struggling season so far, but The way he has his team playing each and every week, the way he's adjusted, the way he's play calling the last month, you know, look, I still to this day don't like that they fired Doug Peterson and still wish he was the coach, but they found somebody in Nick Sirianni that I think can be the coach for a long time. Like, there is no way, I mean, there was a talk about this for a little bit this year during that rough stretch in the middle of the first half of the year where, you know, Nick Sirianni could be a one-and-done head coach. Yeah, that's not happening to me. Like Nick Sirianni has been really, really impressive. And he's one of the main reasons you're back in this playoff race. 
Guys, this is the post game show. We thank you for making making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. And this show is sponsored by Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. Like you're not gonna find another one as good, not even close. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it doesn't taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself. Honestly, to believe it, I don't even like protein bars. Most of them are chalky, waxy, or just plain hard to choke down. But a Built Bar, like. They have my heart. I've been eating Bilt Bars pretty much every day now as a healthy alternative you know, to my everyday snack. It's soft. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you're going to enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Bilt Bars, they're low in carbs. They're low in calories. They're low in fat. They're low in sugar. And they're high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. And best of all, the best thing about Bilt Bar the flavors, mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. And this month, Built is coming out with new limited-time flavors every three to four days. So check their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to BuiltBar.com, Built.com, and use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at builtbar.com. Guys, today's show is also sponsored by betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the NBA season. You got more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop to mobile device as well to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you got to do, use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. That's L-O-C-K. K-E-D-O-N, from basketball to football to baseball. You got the NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Guys, this is the post-game show. The Eagles take it 30-13 to against the Denver Broncos. This is Locked On Eagles. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Monday edition of the show. And again, we thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. It wasn't just the offense that dominated Denver on Sunday. It was the defense. And I'm really happy to see that Jonathan Gannon once again adjusted. He got too soft again last week against Justin Herbert. He needs to learn to be aggressive like he was against Denver this week when he plays top quarterbacks. He gets too gun-shy. He's afraid of those guys beating his defense deep, and he plays way too soft, right? But when he does play a Teddy Bridgewater, a Jared Goff, that is when the defense looks like what it's supposed to. And so I hope he can see how they played against Denver, how they played against Detroit and use that blueprint moving forward against every football team and be multiple. Yeah, obviously like you're going to play deep a lot and, you know, cover two against these star quarterbacks cuz what they do best is beating you deep with those rocket arms. But at the same time, you want to be able to stop things within 20 yards as well, right? You don't want to just take away one thing at the at the cost of everything else. You know, when it comes to offensive production. And I think Denver, this game against Denver was the perfect blueprint. And hopefully Gannon, you know, adjusts like he does against these teams with average to below average quarterbacks, now against some better QBs. At least, you know, this year, though, they're not really playing another elite quarterback. So I think you can probably expect this defense to play like that, or at least look like that, 
moving forward. You hope, though, if he's still the DC next year, that he can do this again and be more multiple when he plays top quarterbacks. But that was how I want the defense to play. Good things happen, guys, when you press with good cornerbacks. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, they were no-shows. A lot of it was because of Teddy Bridgewater, but the cornerbacks played really well and aggressive. I thought Darius Slay and Avante Maddox continued to look really good this year. The defensive line got to Teddy Bridgewater a lot. A lot of that was helping the secondary, but guys, it's you know, it goes hand in hand. You know, it's you know, you feed me, I feed you, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. The secondary, though, pressing at the line of scrimmage, that bought the defensive line more time as well. And when you're going to traditionally, the majority of the time, rush with four, you're going to need more time to get to the quarterback when these guys are averaging, like, throwing the football in one and a half to two seconds. Like, how is the defensive line ever going to get there? The defensive line got there this week. And, like, although that's the case, the defensive line, too, has just been not really that good the past few weeks. So it was really good to see, you know, as much as Derek Barnett had another mind-numbing penalty that stalled a drive, um, he did look really good getting to the quarterback on Sunday. I thought Fletcher Cox was getting moved in the first half. And look, the run defense continues to be a problem. Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon had theirs on Sunday. But I loved to see Fletcher Cox bounce back in the second half and get to the quarterback. And Javon Hargrave as well. Milton Williams, I thought, looked really good again. The rookie third-round pick is stringing along some good performances. It was good to see this defense just play overall great as a, a complete unit. And it wasn't just the the third level and the first level. You know, it's not just in spite of the linebackers now that this defense is succeeding. Like, this linebacking duo of TJ Edwards and Davian Taylor continue to make plays. That Darius Slay 83-yard touchdown was all Davian Taylor. He blows up his block in the B-gap, and he punches that football out, forces the fumble on fourth and one, and Slay brought it back to the house. Davian Taylor has played really, really good football the last few weeks. This team might have finally found something long-term at the linebacker position. If Davian Taylor continues to progress the way he is, considering his physical upside, now the game is slowing down for him. He's everywhere. He's always around the football the last few weeks. Same with TJ Edwards. They might finally have some linebackers to build around. Like, I still think you need one true every-down linebacker, but... If Edwards and Taylor look like this, and Singleton's that rotating third guy, like this isn't the strongest unit on the team, but you can win and not in spite of this linebacker position. I'm so impressed with Edwards and Taylor. And again, it just comes down to, I'm really just super impressed with this team adjusting, even with little things like your linebacker rotation. For years, Jim Schwartz just kept running it back with the same guys, even when they didn't get the job done, like Nate Geary. The Eagles, right, they invested in Eric Wilson this year to be their every down linebacker. He was downright terrible. He was Nate Geary level bad. And this team said, this isn't good enough. We're going to give other guys chances. Alex Singleton is not making enough plays. It was supposed to be Singleton and Wilson. And they said, no, it's going to be Edwards and Taylor now. They adjusted midseason personnel-wise on the defensive side of the football, and it's worked. So hats off to this football team to be you know, mindful enough and self, they have the self-awareness to adjust because a lot of teams don't do that. And it has really turned around this season at four and six. Again, there's still two games under 500. This team is not a title contender, but at four and six, only a game out of the playoffs, things are progressing in the right direction. Things are looking up and that's 
good to talk about it. It feels good to say that. It feels good to be positive Lou for once. You know, somebody on Twitter said positive Lou's back on Sunday, and uh, we really love to see it because that's when the show is the most fun, and I agree. Like, I'm never going to be a homer, and when things are bad, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. It's my job to analyze everything and use context with everything. And just because there's a win, I'm not going to suddenly say Jalen Hurts is the man and, you know, he's the guy long-term now and you don't draft a guy next year or whatever. But at the same time, I want to be positive. I want to talk about the good things. And on Sunday, there were way more good things than there were bad things. A 30-13 win against the Broncos, their best win of the season, maybe their most complete win of the season, definitely against the best team they've played so far this year in a victory. And it feels good to talk about a win. We'll continue to talk about that win tomorrow with Stock Up, Stock Down. We've got three other shows as well after Stock Up, Stock Down this week, guys. Monday through Friday, we have a show for you. We are your only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Podcast, and you can find Locked On Eagles wherever you listen to your shows and on YouTube and on Twitter as well at Locked On Birds, at DBASI LOE, and at GC24 underscore football. That's going to do it. The Eagles again win it 30 to 13 to improve to 4 and 6. Guys, thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. I'll see you tomorrow. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, and let's go, Birds.